0: i Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of Oxford Bible Church, and I want to continue today our discussion on the well-known novel and film, The Da Vinci Code. And I want to answer the question, is it true or false? Is it fact or fable? The Da Vinci Code, you see, makes some amazing claims that amount to an all-out attack on Christianity. And the amazing thing to me is not just how popular it is, but how quick people have been to believe its claims. It's such a strange world that we live in, where someone can write a novel with all kinds of great claims and large numbers of people to swallow it whole, without investigating whether it's true or not. If they did, they would find that even secular historians reject the conclusions of the Da Vinci Code as myth and distortion of the truth. In fact, it's hard to find anything that's actually true in it. The real mystery is, why do so many people believe in the Da Vinci Code rather than in the Bible? Last time, we considered the book's claim that the Holy Grail was not the cup used at the Last Supper, but actually the Holy Grail is Mary Madeline, and the royal bloodline descended from her union with Jesus. You see, it claims that the real container of Jesus' blood was Mary Madeline and the offspring that they had. It's also claimed in the book that the secret society called the Priory of Zion was formed in 1099 to protect this bloodline and that to protect the secret of that and that there is also historical records to prove all of this. We saw last time that the legend of the Holy Grail began a thousand years after Christ as a subject of a medieval novel, and that the idea that the Grail is Mary Magdalene actually is quite recent, coming from a 1980s book called Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And it doesn't come from any serious historians. We saw that the claim that Jesus and Mary were married with children was just a fable, with no evidence to support it. And we saw that the Priory of Zion was actually only formed in 1956, and the documents that it claims to prove its existence from thousands of years actually have been proven to be forgeries. And they were planted in a French museum by a petty criminal called Pierre Plantard, who since has confessed to his deception. And so the Da Vinci Code is based on a hoax yet Dan Brown claims it's based on truth? It is these forged documents that say that Leonardo da Vinci was one of the grandmasters of the Priory of Zion, and so that the idea that he revealed their secret in his paintings in coded form is absolutely based on a hoax. So let's now consider some more of Dan Brown's claims. One of his claims is that Jesus was just a man, a Gnostic prophet, and that the earliest historical sources like the Dead Sea Scrolls, a document called Q, and the Gnostic Gospels, they all teach us that Jesus was just a man. The book claims that Jesus was considered as just a man until 325 AD, when the Emperor Constantine called the Council of Nicaea. And it was only at that council that the church decided that Jesus was God. And it did this just to consolidate its power in the empire. Well, what about the claim that the first Christians believed that Jesus was just a man and not God? Was he just a man according to the earliest sources, as Dan Brown claims? Well, let's look at these sources. First, the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were Jewish documents belonging to the Qumran community. And they included books of the Old Testament and books about their rules of community life. But Jesus isn't mentioned in any of them, so they've got nothing to say about this issue. What about Q? Well, Q is just a hypothetical document. You see, people who analysed the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they noticed all the similarities between them. And so they decided, well, there must have been an original document they were based on. Let's call it Q. Well, Q doesn't even exist. And even if it did, it would just agree with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so... The only relevant documents really to discuss are the Gnostic Gospels. Well, these were not really Gospels at all, as we know them. They were written by the Gnostics, who were not interested in the events of Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. For them, that was all irrelevant. They were into esoteric teachings about how we can gain gnosis or knowledge of our inner divinity, our godhood, our divine spark. And through this knowledge... We can evolve into a higher level, escaping the limitations of the flesh, and be united to God. And so the Gnostic Gospels are really just collections of esoteric teachings of Jesus, or they claim their teachings of Jesus. They're not the story of his life. Actually, the Gnostics blended some Christian ideas with their Gnostic spirituality, and so they put words into Jesus' mouth to make him support their Gnostic teachings dan brown claims that constantine tried to destroy all these gnostic gospels and they just kept and he just kept the four gospels that we know today matthew mark luke and john because they emphasize the deity of jesus that jesus is god dan brown even claims that constantine changed the four gospels to emphasize this even more and he claims that Constantine actually decided the canon of Scripture, that is, what should be in the Bible. He says Constantine commissioned and financed this new Bible and omitted those Gospels that talked about Christ's human traits. And he embellished the Gospels and made them more emphasizing of Christ's godlike nature. He says that the earlier Gnostic Gospels were outlawed, gathered up and burnt. The book the vinci code says any gospels that describe the earthly aspects of jesus life had to be omitted from the bible the bible as we know it today was collated by the pagan roman emperor constantine well it's hard for me to say all of this because if you've studied this at all you you will know that this is all total nonsense dan brown says that about 80 gnostic gospels have been found actually there are about four or five of them. They were found in 1945 at Nag Hammadi. Are these the authentic Gospels of the early Church? No. These were written all well afterwards. In fact, they didn't even exist until about two to 300 A.D and so their information about Jesus is not based on eyewitness testimony unlike the four Gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John for which we have excellent manuscript evidence going back to the first century right from the beginning of church history we know that there were only four Gospels that were accepted in the church all the church fathers in the first centuries refer to these four Gospels alone did Constantine change those Gospels in some way No, because we have manuscript evidence for them, for these four Gospels, going way back, way back before Constantine. The manuscript evidence for the New Testament and the Gospels is stronger by a long way than every other ancient history document. In fact, if you decided to throw out the New Testament on manuscript evidence, then on the same rules of evidence, you'd have to throw out the whole of all ancient history. Is it true? that the Gnostic Gospels emphasize the humanity of Jesus and that's why the church didn't like them? The opposite is actually true. Let me tell you about Gnosticism. They believe that there is a supreme God and there are emanations from the supreme God, lesser gods emanating from the supreme God and some of these weren't good, they were bad even. One of these lesser gods was pretty bad and it created this material world. Some believed This was a goddess called Sophia. And so the Gnostics saw this material world as evil. And the whole idea of Gnosticism is about getting secret knowledge to escape this evil world into a kind of Nirvana, into the spiritual world. To them, the physical world, the body, the flesh, was evil. And the spirit is good. So it was also elitist, because some people had the divine spark. The Gnostics had it but others did not have it. They had the divine spark, you see, and they believed that through their teaching, they could attain Godhood. And so they enlisted famous teachers like Jesus, and they used their names to promote their teaching, saying, yes, Jesus was an emanation from God. He was a Gnostic teacher, showing us the way to enlightenment, and he shared his secret teachings with his favorite disciple, especially Mary Madeline. In the Gnostic belief, Jesus was not human. He only appeared to be human. This is called docetism. Why? He couldn't be human because flesh is evil, you see. So Jesus only appeared to be human. He only appeared to die on the cross. It was a human being that looked like him actually that died on the cross because he was actually a higher spiritual being. So So far from emphasizing his humanity, as Brown claims, these Gospels actually deny his humanity. And Gnosticism was actually one of the major threats to the early church. The apostles Peter, Paul and John often warned about them, about these people coming up with Gnostic fables. One example is in 1 John, chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Let me read it to you. And actually he's warning the church against the Gnostics. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Yes, we've overcome these lies because we believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. This is a direct reference to the Gnostics. They denied, you see, that Jesus was actually truly human. Can you see how completely wrong the Da Vinci Code is? Well, the Gnostics were around in the first century, but in the second century they became stronger, and in the third century the Gnostic Gospels started to come out. And the Church, from the very beginning, was in a spiritual battle with the Gnostics. But there's no evidence to say that the Gnostic Gospels were actually what the Church originally believed. Absolutely not the Gnostic Gospels were not part of Christianity at all from the very beginning there's Christianity and there's Gnosticism growing together and the church was in battle with the Gnostics and so Brown's idea that the church was originally Gnostic and somehow changed has absolutely no basis in fact what about the Gospels do the Gospels deny Christ's humanity absolutely not if you read the Gospels, you'll find it's full of his humanity. You'll see that he is very real, very much fully man. He had every human emotion and characteristic, yet without sin. He was hungry. He was tired. He, was, he died. He really died. You can't read the Gospels without seeing him as a real human being. And so the idea that the Gospels suppressed his humanity is completely wrong. But the Gospels also proclaim, and they also present Jesus as the Son of God. John's John's Gospel starts by saying this, In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. And then in verse 14 it says, And the Word became a man and dwelt among us. And then when Jesus asked his disciples who they thought he was, Peter confessed, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. To which Jesus said, God has revealed this to you, Peter, and it's upon the rock of this revelation that I will build my church and it will withstand all the lies of Satan. Yes, the lies that deny that Jesus is the Son of God, all all of those will not stand. No, the gates of hell, he said, shall not stand against the church. Well, part of the gates of hell, part of these lies are what is taught in the Da Vinci Code. But Christ's church will stand, and it will grow, and it will succeed. You see, the Old Testament prophets predicted the coming of a Messiah who would be the Son of God. He would be the God-man, not just a prophet, not just a man, but the God-man. He would be the man. He would be a man born of a virgin. And he would be called also Emmanuel, which means God with us. It says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, the Son of God. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. You see, he would be the God-man. It prophesied in Micah 5 two that he would be a human baby born in Bethlehem and yet his origins would be from eternity. He would be also the son of man and also the son of God, the God-man. He would be God manifested in the, in the flesh to be our savior and our king. And when Jesus came, he claimed to be the fulfillment of all these prophecies. He called himself the son of God. He claimed the divine name. He claimed to be the I am. He said before Abraham was, I am. He said, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. It's very clear that from the beginning, Jesus claimed to be the prophesied God, man, Messiah. And that's why the the Jewish leaders accused him of blasphemy and that's why they had him crucified. Therefore, his resurrection on the third day was God's declaration that all his claims were true and that he is the Son of God and he is the Lord of all and that our eternal destiny depends on how we respond to him. Yes, the early church claimed that he was the God-man right from the start. Let's read Romans chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to his human nature and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Yes, the only way to explain the explosive growth of the early church is that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God and he claimed that he would have power over death and that he would rise from the dead after three days to prove his claims and then he actually did rise from the dead and hundreds of people saw him and they were prepared to lay down their lives to confirm that. If Jesus was just an ordinary Gnostic teacher, there's no way you can explain what happened in the early church and how it grew. Yes, the Christian faith from the very beginning was that Jesus was the Son of God. We also have the earliest Christian writings from the church fathers from the first centuries before the Gnostic Gospels were ever written, and they consistently state that the Christians worshipped Jesus Christ as God. And so it's very clear that the church believed in Jesus as God from the very beginning. And so the Da Vinci Code is again wrong on this point. One interesting example of this is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, one of the writings from the early days of the church. It says that Christ, being in the form of God, which means he had the divine nature, humbled himself unto death, even the death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, this was a very clear claim that Jesus was God. Why? Because it's straight out of the Old Testament where it says the same thing about God. Let's look at Isaiah 45, verse 22 and 23. God's speaking here, and he says, Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself my word, the word that's gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me... To me, God, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Do you see in Isaiah it's talking about God and in the New Testament it's talking about Jesus in such a way that he can only be understood as being God. And that's what the church has always believed from the start. But the Gnostics came along and they put out their alternative teachings, you see. And yes, Constantine and the church rejected that Gnostic teaching and quite right too. And so we see the Da Vinci Code is not reliable. It's full of misinformation, and we can't trust its claims of truth. So what was the Council of Nicaea all about then? It's got nothing to do with, of course, what Dan Brown talks about. In fact, the churches we've seen has always believed that Jesus was God. But in 320 AD, a schism rose up in the church one of the bishops called Arius believed yes jesus was divine but he's not as divine as the father he was saying jesus was an emanation from god but not co-eternal with god he's a lesser deity not a full deity like the father and Arius was obviously a persuasive guy and a church division was growing today the arians are represented by the jehovah witnesses So, Constantine called the Council of Nicaea. That's true. He called it because of this church split. He was saying to the bishops, look, get your act together. I don't want a church split. Make the church's position clear as to who Jesus is. The church already knew and they taught that Jesus was God, but it was formalized at the Council of Nicaea. Dan Brown claims it was a very close vote. Well, if you count 99% against 1% as a close vote, then, then maybe, but it wasn't close at all. Dan Brown also claims that it it was at this council that the church decided what books would be in the canon of Scripture. This is really an embarrassing mistake by Dan Brown. It's not even partly true. Constantine had nothing to do with the collection together of the Bible. In fact, most of the books of the Bible were already known. The church, you see, had criteria as to what would be in the Bible and what wouldn't. The Old Testament, of course, had already been decided. And first of all, any genuine book of the New Testament had to be linked to an apostle. It had to be early. It had to be linked to an eyewitness testimony from the apostles. Matthew and John, of course, were apostles. Mark got his information from Peter. Luke did his research from eyewitness testimonies. It had to be an eyewitness account, you see. That's why the Gnostic Gospels didn't qualify, and they were never accepted by the church. They were hoaxes. They said, oh, this is the Gospel of Thomas. Well, how did... Thomas write a gospel in 200 AD he'd been dead by about 150 years secondly they had to agree the Gospels to be accepted they had to be agree with what God had already revealed in the Old Testament the Gnostic Gospels never did that third they had to be accepted across all the Christian churches and that's why there were two or three books that took a bit longer to accept because not all the churches accepted them like Hebrews 2 Peter Revelation most were accepted right from the start but some Weren't sure about those two or three. God, of course, was overseeing everything, and he knew what should be included. The books really chose themselves. They had the ring of truth about them. God authenticated them. And certainly it was nothing to do with Constantine. That's just a very bad mistake. He didn't commission a new Bible or anything like that. The Bible we know today was already well established by Constantine's time. And so we know that is well established and documented. So, the claims of the Da Vinci Code, that Christ entrusted his main message to Mary Madeleine, but that Constantine and the church changed it, starting a new teaching that Jesus uh, was God, all of these claims in the Da Vinci Code are nonsense. Well, let me ask this in conclusion. Why do you think people have been so willing to believe all of this? Why are they so gullible about it? Yes, it's an exciting novel, but the truth is even more exciting. The truth that God loves us so much that he would become a man in human flesh to show us what he's like, to die for us on the cross, rise from the dead, and bring us back to God and and do miracles in our lives. Hey, that's far more exciting, praise God. God. So why do people find it hard to accept this? And I believe the bottom line reason is this, is the book attacks the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, and a lot of people do not want him to be the Son of God, because if he is the Son of God, if he did die on the cross and rise again, and if he is Lord, that means the pressure is on them. What are you going to do about it? Because now, if God is revealing himself to to you in Jesus, you are responsible to respond. Now it's up to you. To give your life to him but you may not want to do that if Jesus is not the son of God then that means you're off the hook you can have your own kind of sexually liberated pagan religion you can do whatever you want to do and now if you find a book that claims to give you evidence that Christianity is wrong you'll drink it all up because that's what you want to believe well I think that's why so many people are quick to believe it because they want to believe it they would otherwise have to be accountable to Jesus And so they think if they see a book that says, no, it's all nonsense, they drink it all in. But that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. He did die for your sins. He did rise from the dead. And he proved all his claims were true. He is the Lord of all. And we must put our trust in him for our eternal salvation. We must invite him into our heart as our Lord and Savior. Have you done that? Have you received Jesus Christ? Have you considered the claims? On the one hand, there is the Bible with all its evidence behind it that Jesus is the Son of God. On the other hand, there's the Da Vinci Code that is against that. What are you going to believe? What do you want to believe? Well, I want to tell you that Jesus is the real thing, and you need to accept him as your Lord. Let's pray that prayer now. Lord Jesus, I confess that you are Lord, you are God. I believe in you and I receive you into my heart right now to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. I receive you into my heart right now. Please give me your gift of eternal life. I receive you, Jesus, and I thank you for loving me. Amen.